Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. You're listening to a Chicago Sports Nation production, enhancing your Chicago sports fan experience. Well, come on, baby, don't you wanna go? Well, come on, baby, don't you wanna go? Back to the same old place, sweet home, Chicago. All right, so it's episode three of Bears Nation podcast. I have Jay Kassan and Chris Nano with me. Um, we're eventually going to get into draft prospects, and we're going to go literally from round one all the way to seven. Uh, but let's go. Let's do a little week recap from last week. Man, a lot has happened. I'm stoked for uh, the the season now, just because just from a little mini camp, just to hear uh, player interviews and coach interviews. Uh, but I want to hear what you guys have to say about it. And, yeah, uh, I mean, like you, I'm excited that uh, things are actually starting. Obviously, this new look Bears is we're all excited to see what happens with them, what the new coaching style is, and we did get a little glimpse of that. Uh, Trubisky talked a little bit about it that he felt like he had been coached more in just this mini camp and this off season than he had uh, at all, at any point in his career thus far, which is obviously a great sign. It means Nagy's really being hands-on with him, uh, really trying to accelerate the development so we can see that Jared Goff, Carson Wentz type jump in year two of the Mitchell Trubisky experience. And I think that's really great that Trubisky is getting along with Nagy because obviously we know John Fox wasn't as hands-on and had some disconnect with some of the players. So, to hear Trubisky, who's the most important player on the Bears, arguably, uh, say that he feels good about the coaching and how he's being coached is awesome. Um, also, guys like Akeem Hicks said that Nagy has this swag about him, this kind of attitude, this energy that he brings that they all really, they not relate to, but they all really like, and they like the energy that he's bringing, which is also awesome. And we want to see a good energy because at times last year and in the John Fox era, we didn't have a great energy. The guys were disgruntled. Guys weren't happy. So uh, it's a great start. It's awesome to see the players really uh, already buying into the system. Yes. <laughs> Can we just appreciate how awesome Akeem Hicks is? I, I watched his interview, and he's just so chill and, and cool. He's just a cool guy. And I, he, he mentioned how he doesn't like rookies. And I, I appreciate about, that, about players that, that feel that way because they're in there to compete. They're in there to win. And when the draft comes around, those are guys looking to take your spot. And so his, his competitiveness is beyond a lot of players that I've seen. And when you hear scouting reports about people who are lazy, I'm just like, you got people competing for their lives on each of these teams and, and you're being scouted as lazy like come on man like step up look at Akeem Hicks he's a man you know like he's just a cool guy uh but yeah Chris let's hear let's hear what some of the things you're excited about for the offseason uh, for uh minicamp yeah so there was something uh something I read that Matt Nagy said that Kevin White looked really good and I know that that's excites all of us all Bears fans only thing is we've heard this plenty of times before and same result so, uh, you know, I'm not going to believe anything until I actually see it on the field. But, you know, with, with, like Jake was saying, you know, there's, there's, a new, there's a new feel to this Bears team. 
there's there's a sense of hope that we actually improve. Biggest thing, as you know, we all know is is if Mitch Trubisky can take that next step. But with the talent that we've surrounded him with, um, and you know, more talent coming in through the draft, you know, it, it looks it looks like the only way to go is up. You know, mini camp has gotten me excited, and, and the draft just takes it to a next to the next level. I'm I'm, I'm stoked, man. I can't wait for this draft. I uh, can't wait for the season to start. This is, after the draft is when time kind of drags. So uh, we just got to keep ourselves busy. Just some of the things that like a collective, all the players are saying about Nagy is he's detailed, organized, like almost OCD like. Uh, his hype that he brings to the team, like you guys were saying. And one thing that really stuck out to me that Jordan Howard said was he's in win now mode. Um, it's not, there's not this depressing, looming rebuild like can we do it next year he is in the mode like hey I want to win whether we have the pieces to do that or not he's saying it and that's what makes that's what it just feels positive and so yeah I hope I hope he's not just a used car salesman and we're we're driving a used car and it's gonna it's all gonna fall apart halfway through the season like I hope he's relaying how it really is you know one other thing I wanted to bring up is the new cartoon superhero look that's coming out through the Chicago Bears. I would, I would. I love it. Okay. <laughs> I like it a lot. Um, and I think so. That's kind of what I want to talk about. Uh, going around, back, looping back around to this like new energy and this new thing that we're seeing. The like how it seems like it's more fun with this team. You know, like it's something. And I think about it in the scope of last year, like when Glennon was signed, when Trubisky was drafted, when John Fox would talk. And how they would talk about, oh, we're going to try and be competitive. It felt so fake to me. Like, it felt like they were just kind of blowing smoke, you know? And this year, it feels like everyone's actually bought in. Everybody expects to take this next step uh, to another level, whether that's to a contention level or just to a being competitive level. Either way, it's a step, and it's something that we haven't seen in a couple of years. Um, so looping that back around to this new cartoon and the monsters of Midway and everything, I love it. I think it's awesome. I think it gives something with the for the fans. It's like a, a breath of fresh air. It's something that it shows that the team, even all the way down to the social media people, even all the way down to the marketing people, like there's this new kind of energy of trying to create this new look, this new energy about the team, uh, trying to get everyone excited. And I think that's awesome. I think that that just go, it shows it's from top to bottom that this everyone's buying into this new vibe. I don't know. The, f- the first thing I, I think of when I see this, um, you know, everybody talking great about. Matt Nagy, you know, is I, for some reason, I think of Mark Trestman and the same BS he said week after week um, when, we, when we were getting blown out. First thing he says, we had a good week of practice. It's the only thing he talks about, doesn't give us thoughts about the game, just kind of bland. And, you know, I expect Matt Nagy to be like on the complete opposite uh, part of the spectrum. You know, he, he's just, just the fact that everyone's excited, like Jake was saying, is just, you know, when, when the players are excited, when the players are hungry, it makes the fans 100 times more excited, you know, because, you know, as Bears fans, we've we've deserved better for a long time. And, and hopefully this team actually delivers. I mean, I, I, I think we could talk about this all day just because Nagy does bring that that energy um, that uh, the previous coaches we've had and a lot of coaches in the league uh, that doesn't give like and even in the little bit that we've seen him in interviews like he is very transparent very open about what's going on without giving stuff away obviously but he's not he's not scared to say hey we're working on this guy yeah he has an injury but we're we're doing our best to uh to fix that and 
I mean, oh, let's talk about that. Stupid Aaron Lynch is hurt already. I don't, I don't know to the extent. He said he was fine. It was his ankle or whatever. But, man, that was my guy. Like, I was so excited about him. <laughs> and then coming out, minicamp, he's already hurt. Uh, it's kind of depressing to, to see that, read that. So I mean, you, it is minicamp. I mean, there's still time. Hopefully it is something minor and it's not a uh... – it's not a preview of what to expect from him because that'd be pretty depressing. Like you said, we were kind of hoping for a rebound from him, but I mean, just in mini camp, if it's just a little tweak, hopefully it's something that just he puts behind him relatively quickly. We don't have to worry about it all season. All right. So that was a recap of last week. Let's go ahead and jump straight into the draft. And we are going to literally go from round one to seven and just name some players that the Bears could potentially pick up. All right, so this year the Bears have rounds uh, one, two, five, six, and seven. And we don't have any any picks in round three, and we have two in round four. Um, so that's a total of seven picks. So, But we're going to list a bunch, of, a bunch of guys in every single round just in case because we don't know it, what Bears are going to do, if they're going to trade down or trade up. So let's go ahead and get started with uh, the first round. Uh, Jake, you want to go first on uh, the first round? Um, my top three uh, would be Quentin Nelson, Bradley Chubb, and Minka Fitzpatrick. All areas of needs for the Bears. Nelson obviously being an offensive lineman from Notre Dame. Bradley Chubb being the edge rusher from NC State, and then Mika Fitzpatrick, uh, safety from Alabama. I, and I listed those in preference, really, because I think Nelson is the best in the whole draft, best player in the draft, and I think he would fill a major need for the Bears. Chubb, I think, will probably be gone unless the Bears trade up to number six. Obviously, we said we don't know what's going to happen. And then in the event that both are gone, uh, Fitzpatrick fills a hole at safety, or at least in the secondary, because he can – Phil, he can play either corner or safety. He's a playmaker. He does everything well, and I think it would really solidify the back end of the Bears' defense. Sweet, yeah. So for my three, I have cornerback Denzel Ward. And I'm just going to stop there for really quick and just go over him because that's somebody that we could legitimately take at eight. Yeah. The problem with that pick is cornerback isn't necessarily the immediate need like like guard is and like uh, edge rusher. He's definitely a, he's going to be good. He's going to be a shutdown slot corner at the very least because he's not very big. He's 5'11", 183 pounds, and in college he definitely got boxed out at times. But mm-hmm. he's got that elite speed and elite footwork, and he can keep up with the wide receivers on the outside. Uh, it's just that size thing that is worrisome. But in today's NFL, you really need that elite uh, slot corner that can cover guys like Julian Edelman, Edelman and Brandon Cooks. These smaller guys who are super quick, I feel like Denzel Ward can match up with those guys. Uh, so I took into account when I selected my other two guys in the first round if we were to trade down. So um, I also selected inside linebacker Rashawn Evans. And then I also selected offensive tackle Connor Williams. Rashawn Evans coming out of Alabama and as we all know because of Eddie Jackson their their work ethic is insane at Alabama. That being said their work his work ethic is insane. He closes the gap super quick. He's a sneaky outside linebacker con- candidate because of his speed and, and length. So just keep that in mind when when if if and when we draft him and then Connor Williams is just a big guy 6'5 320. But the fact that we don't need a left tackle, and that's what he is, I don't think the fit's there. But, I mean, he'd probably be most likely moved to guard anyways. Definitely a candidate to keep your eye on. So, Chris? I had Bradley Chubb 
edge rush out of NC State, Quentin Nelson, guard out of Notre Dame. And uh, my boy, and the guy I think is the best player in the draft, uh, linebacker Roquan Smith out of Georgia. Bradley Chubb is a guy I don't see falling, like Jake said. But if he does, I think it's a no-brainer. And I think at least one of the guys that I listed is going to be there for the Bears at eight. And whether they want to trade down or not is yet to be seen. But um, those are the three guys that I think would be the best fits for the Bears. Um, Roquan Smith, my, my guy, I think he'd be perfect for our, for our defense. Um, but, you know, the other two guys are not bad consolation prizes, uh, prizes by any means. So, uh, yeah, those are, those are my three guys. Sweet. So let's move on to the second round. Jake, let's hear your list. Oh, uh, yeah. So first, starting off for the second round for me is a, a guy that we talked about last week, Arden Key, the end rusher from LSU. He had some issues uh, in 2017-18 that have kind of made his draft stock take a hit. But uh, prior to that, he was considered a top potential top five pick. Everyone loved him. Um and I said I said this last week. I think if he passes all the tests, all the interviews, and Pace and Fangio think he answers all the questions the way they want him to, I think he could be a real monster, especially under Fangio. Next up is another need for the Bears on my list: a wide receiver, Cortland Sutton. I think it's kind of optimistic for me to think he'll fall to the second round. He's pretty good. I've seen him as high as 15th, 14th in some mock drafts. I've seen him as low as the third round in others. So he's very talented. I think. If we keep surrounding Trubisky with those good young guys uh, who can just go after the ball, I think that would really be awesome. And then another wide receiver is third on my list, Simi Cobbs from Indiana, who I've also talked about before. She's another big body guy, uh, guy who likes to go up and get it, kind of that Alshon Jeffrey type of player. But uh, again, same vein, just getting Trubisky those weapons to work with. Yeah, Chris, let's hear your list for the second round. Yeah, I, I have Arden Key as well. Um, I think if that guy just can get his head on straight, just, you know, like get all the noise, keep all the noise out. It can be fantastic. I think I said in, in the last podcast, I think he can be a uh, top five player in this draft, the best edge rusher in this draft. So that's, that's a guy um, that I'm, that I'm looking at in the second round, Isaiah Oliver, cornerback out of uh, Colorado. Um, I don't know if he'll be there in the second round, um, but where, where the bears pick is about, where I think is like the lowest he'll fall, in my opinion. Um, he's definitely a first-round talent, but we could definitely see him slip. And then I have Deshaun Hamilton, uh, wide receiver out of Penn State. Like Jake said, another another good piece for Trubisky, another guy who can go up and get it. Uh, he's, a, he's a red zone threat. You know, he can move us up the field, and he's just a fantastic player. He he may be a stretch at or a reach at, at in the second round, um, but, you know, if you like a guy, you take him regardless, so... Yeah, that, those are my three guys. Sweet. So for my three guys that I have in the second round is cornerback Mike Hughes. Uh, another smaller cornerback, but definitely has the speed to keep up with uh, wide receivers. He was actually kill, uh, killed. <laughs> he was actually kicked kicked out of UNC for a fraternity incident, whatever that means. But what I got out of this is he's, he's learned from his actions because he's came and made it out of that. So he's matured. He's tasted victory before. UCF was undefeated last year. So he comes from a winning team. So he knows what winning feels like. He's going to want that again. I also selected offensive tackle Brian O'Neill. He's 6'7", 305 pounds. He has experience at right tackle. Tackle's obviously a need. Bobby Massey could be better. And so that is definitely a need. Uh, Brian O'Neill, 
offensive tackle. Uh, wide receiver DJ Chark is my third guy. He's 6'3", ran a 4'3", 4'40". He's a big guy with big speed, and he can catch. He has kick return and punt return ability. I know we've got guys to fill that spot already, but special teams guys is definitely something to take into account uh, when selecting your people to can, can and have they played special teams in the past. So He does have the ability to track the ball, but he's not consistent. And he's a little bit of a lazy route runner with all the the film that I watched on him. Um, But his start-stop ability is nuts. Like, he's able to just stop on a dime and then keep running at almost full speed again. So it's pretty cool to watch him. The third round, uh, we've got outside. So for my list, I have outside linebacker Uchen Nwasu. Yeah, he's 6'3", 251 pounds. And he's got a pretty insane reach with 33 and 58 inch arm length. His numbers are what stick out to me. I watched a bunch of film on him, and the 13 passes defended in 2017, 19 total in his total career. It's just insane for an outside linebacker whose job is to rush with all of his heart to get to the quarterback, but he recognizes uh, when to stop and lift his arms up and jump up and knock that ball down. So if you ever watch him, rush the quarterback it's just neat to watch him uh always keep his head up like he's just always aware of what's going on whether it be a play action pass or an end around it's just cool to watch him just always being aware uh doesn't get fooled too often so what, who are some other guys for you guys in the third round i also have uh no i think he's really good at what he does i think he obviously again fills a need for the bears and what they're trying to do, uh, linebacker, especially outside on the edge, has been an issue in recent years. And so I think he'd bring some stability. I think he brings some really, I, I don't want to say some really nice athleticism because the Bears do have some good athletes, but I think he would pair really well with Leonard Floyd and, and what he could do. I think what they could do together would be awesome. Uh, next up for me in the third round is Fred Warner, linebacker from BYU. Uh, he's really good in coverage. He doesn't do one really awesome thing he just does everything really well and i think that stability and especially when the bears do have some specialists like floyd who is obviously very good at getting the quarterback um Darrell freeman was really good at just racking up tackles stopping the run uh warner does it all he's good in coverage he can get to the quarterback he has a really good um he's really good at shedding blockers when he is going after the quarterback and i think he can play really well uh, next to Javathan, I think they kind of have a similar style of play. And then finally for the third round for me is uh, Jeff Holland, edge from Auburn. Uh, again, just more needs that Pace would be attacking here. Uh, third round could be potentially a bit of a reach for him. Um, but, I mean, like Chris said earlier, when you like a guy, you go and get him. And uh, especially if it's, some guy, if it's a guy that Fangio likes, especially then uh, you go out and get that guy. So my first guy was... Um... This is uh, Josh's boy. He mentioned him. Uh, I think it was the last podcast. Uh, Wyatt Teller, guard out of Virginia Tech. I think this could be a guy to watch out for if they don't go the Quentin Nelson route in the first round. Wyatt Teller has a ton of potential, so I wouldn't be surprised if someone even took him in the second round. But third round is right right where I have him, and definitely a guy to watch out for. Second guy I have is Marcel Aitman. He's a, he's a wide receiver out of Oklahoma State, played alongside James Washington, and kind of got underrated because he played next to James Washington. And I'm going to go out on, on a limb and say that he's going to be way better than James Washington in the NFL. Uh, I think he has the size, he has the speed, uh, he has the hands. He's he's phenomenal. And my last guy is uh, defensive tackle R.J. McIntosh out of Miami. If you watch the tape on this guy, he looks like a first-round pick. 
and there are some times where he just switches off and is extremely lazy. Um, so if he plays to how he could play, he could be a phenomenal player as well. Um, so and 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 when it comes to the third round, you know, there's still guys with talent, but this is when you start factoring in, you know, attitude problems, laziness, stuff like that. So got to take all that into account. For sure. And if you're under Pace's high character, obviously Pace is always looking for that high character is what I'm trying to say. And so a lot of these guys, there's a couple guys that we're going to mention today that had those character issues that probably won't make Pace's radar just because of the, just that right off the bat almost knocks guys out of the, out of the running. So I also have two more guys, but I'm just going to list uh, Josh Sweat. He's listed as a defensive end, outside linebacker. Um, he's 6'4", 251 pounds. He's out of Florida State. He had some injuries, and that's kind of what held him back, um, what's pushing him so far down on the on the draft board. But he, it, he has the length that Fangio likes. Um, he was built for a 3-4 Sam position, which means he's on the the strong side. But he's also really good in coverage, so he can cover those tight ends and stuff. So really good, really good prospect. Some say third round isn't high enough. Um, so let's move on to the fourth round. So this is when things start to get interesting because from here, anything could happen. Some of these guys are projected to go higher than what they are, and then they're also projected to go lower than what they are. And that's the point of the fourth, fifth, sixth, seventh round is can we find those gems? So, uh, Jake, let's let's hear what you got. Yeah, so fourth round, um, this is just where I think uh, a guy who's probably a lot of people are going to be waiting for his name to get called, uh, Shaquem Griffin, the linebacker from Central Florida, famously only has one hand but has plays at a really high level, was at the combine, performed really well. You know, Pace has shown that he'll go the unconventional route sometimes, and I think if Griffin is there at four in the fourth round, and there's no guarantee he will be because I, I've read some things that say he'll go higher, some, sometimes as high as the second round. If he's there at four, I think Pace definitely considers it. Like I said, he played at a really high level despite all these hurdles that have been thrown at him his whole life. Um, apparently, he's killed it in all the interviews. Uh, he's just a fighter, and I think that's something that Pace likes. You know, he he's Griffin has that that just aspect, that kind of guy that like Pace really something unique about him. So I think that's something that Ryan Pace would like. I think he could really play well. Uh, and if the front office is convinced, then I'm all in on that. Next up, this is kind of a panic button move. This is answering all the questions that we've had leading up to the draft about the running backs and the rumors. Uh, John Kelly from Tennessee, uh, kind of a shiftier guy, kind of more in the Tariq Cohen mode. Uh, mold. He's not really a bruiser, but uh, played really well at Tennessee once he became the featured back once Elvin Kamara left. Kind of that shifty guy, big, can make plays happen. But again, like I said, that's if the Bears end up shipping off Jordan Howard or somewhere else, which I'm expecting not to happen. But if it does, that's a guy that might be nice to keep an eye on. And then last up for me in the fourth round, Brandon Parker, uh, offensive lineman from North Carolina AT, where uh, Tariq Cohen came from. So uh, if the Bears are talk targeting offensive linemen in this round, I'm sure that Tariq Cohen will be talking up the guy that used to create holes for him in the running game. So I actually also have Brandon Parker. Um, you know, t him teaming up with Tariq Cohen is kind of a cool idea. Could see some some great things with that combo again. Uh, I have Traquan Smith, wide receiver out of UCF. Another huge target, as you guys can tell. 
I love huge target wide receivers. Uh, I think they could bail out the, their QBs um, a lot, and especially for young QBs, I feel like it's really helpful. You know, he's he's he uses his size to his advantage, and that's what I love about him. Um, and then my third guy is Rashawn Golden. Uh, he's a cornerback out of Tennessee. And the thing I love about him the most is I see I was watching some game film on him, and he's so what's the he's he's like he's an alpha. You know, he he types his teammates up. I like I like that he trash talks as well. Um, you know, that's something the Bears are missing—a guy who can who can get under people's skin and kind of throw them off. So I think he could be a good pick in the in the fourth round. All right, so my fourth round fourth round picks that I selected is wide receiver Jaleel Scott, six five, two hundred fifteen pounds, and I mean he's fast. I mean he's not the fastest. I think he ran like a four five uh, forty, uh, but his college stats—he had. 1,079 yards, 9 touchdowns, and 76 receptions. The part that was the reason he's dropped so much is he only had two seasons with New Mexico, and only one of those seasons had tape worth evaluating. So it's it's more of just so we haven't seen enough of him, so he's dropped so much. But he, he can catch. Uh, he had that one ridiculous catch. Uh, I think it was against Arizona. I can't remember uh, the exact the exact team or the day or whatever, but he had this insane catch where he, he went up with one arm, caught the ball, and came down and had the, the awareness to be able to put his right foot down before his left foot went out. Like, it was just an, it was just the stereotypical, wow, that was an amazing catch um, that uh, he, he does often. He does those catches often, so really good wide receiver. All right, let's move on to the fifth round. Jake, you want to go ahead and kick us off? Yeah, uh, I just... My player to highlight in the fifth round is uh, Hercules Matafa. He's a D lineman from Washington State. Um, a, he's just got a baller name, and I think that's awesome. And uh, he played out of position at Washington State, but was still like really disruptive guy, really uh, kind of created chaos in the backfield. You had to game plan for him. Again, kind of a smaller state and school, but we know Pace likes to look for those guys. He likes to look for value from guys like that. So I think that he would be a really good target, especially for the fifth round, where you're really just looking for more just some kind of value than for home run picks. Um, otherwise, in the fifth round, I have Jordan White, safety from Pitt. Uh, again, just a need if the Bears don't address it earlier. Uh, I think Jordan White, he plays hard, has a lot of good overall skills. Uh, and at, wor- at worst, he's backing up Amos and Jackson, so just kind of that relief role. And then after him, I have Tony Adams, offensive lineman from NC State. Uh, again, if it's not addressed earlier, he's just a good, solid guy, probably more of a project, but can still work with him with some upside. Sweet. So what, what was cool about Hercules also is one of his knocks was his speed, but his 40-yard dash was still a 4.76, and for an edge guy, like that's not bad. 4.37, 20-yard shuffle, like the, these aren't bad numbers. And so I, I definitely think he could be f- fulfill that edge position uh, with that kind of speed. So yeah, Chris, uh, let's let's hear your uh, fifth round picks. All right, um, my first guy is Teron Johnson, cornerback out of Weber State. Um, you know, this was a guy who dominated. Um, you know, less competition per se. So um, that'll see him fall a little bit. But as we as we all know, you know, at this point, you just take players that you that you think are talented and could fit your defense. So he's definitely a guy to watch out for. Um, you know, he dominated uh, at Weber State. So um, that was that was great to see. Uh, my second guy is Auden Tate, 
another big wide receiver. Sorry, guys, you guys are probably getting sick of this, but uh, from Florida <laughs> State. Um, so, you know, he's he's 6'5". He can go up and get it. Um, I know he's bailed his, uh, his QBs out a lot of Florida State. I've, I've seen it firsthand. And, um, you know, he's – He's not a crisp route runner. He's not very fast, and I think that's that's what'll see see him drop a little bit as well. And then my last guy is Micah Kaiser, linebacker out of Virginia. Uh, this guy's really interesting because I remember before the year, um, I'm a huge draft guy, so before the year, the college football year, he was he was listed as a first round pick, um, and then he had an underwhelming year. But the talent is undeniable. He's the talent's still there for him. Um, so I think whoever gets him in around uh, around the fifth round, fourth fifth round is getting an absolute stud and a steal. So um, that's a guy I could see paired up with Danny Trevathan. Yeah, so the fifth-round picks that I've got is uh, wide receiver Trey Quinn. He's six foot two twelve, and the way I described him in my, in my notes is he's Daniel Braverman and Tanner Gentry hybrid. He's both of them put together. Tanner Gentry's a little taller. Daniel Braverman's, Braverman's a little smaller. Braverman's more of the uh, slot guy, whereas Tanner can go outside and, and catch those 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 uh jump balls but Trey Quinn is literally both of those guys put together last year he had an amazing year with 1236 yards receiving 13 touchdowns 114 receptions he can handle the heavy targets uh he can catch but he has he has really poor top speed really good acceleration so he has there's a lot of good things about him and I just I just think of him as like a possession, like, oh, shoot, what are we going to do? Throw it to Trey really quick and then uh, get the first down. Like, I just feel like he's reliable. Um, and, it, I mean, his fifth-round value is really good to be able to have him there. And then I also had defensive tack, uh, defensive lineman Hercules Matafa. Um, and I just wanted to bounce off that. He's super dangerous um, and doesn't quit. I think that those are his two, those are what describe him best. Like, he's dangerous. Um, he had 22 and a half tackles for loss, um, 10 and a half sacks. For a small guy who's rushing from the inside, to have those kinds of numbers is, is nuts. And so he may even get dropped down in the sixth round, which would be incredible, incredible uh, value for, for him and his, his numbers and what he could provide. So let's jump on down to the sixth round. Uh, Chris, you want to go first on this one? Yeah, so the first guy I have is Will Richardson, offensive tackle out of NC State. You know, Jake mentioned Tony Adams, who played opposite of him. They're both they're both going to be project-type picks. But, you know, I saw some good things from Will Richardson. Um, you know, he, he needs to be a little bit quicker. Hopefully he can work on that. Um, it's not too easy for bigger linemen like, like him. But um, it'll be interesting to see how that plays out. And then Jeff Holland, I have him in the sixth round. I actually write for an Auburn blog, so I know a lot about the Auburn players this year. Uh, Jeff Holland is fantastic. He's just really undersized, and as we all know, that's that could be a problem in the NFL. But you know, he's he's extremely talented. He he um, he's super fast, and that's and he gives uh, offensive tackles problems like crazy. Um, he did it, and he I would I wouldn't say he dominated, but he did really well in a in a tough conference like the SEC. So. He's a later guy uh, that I think could pan out. And then Corey Robertson, wide receiver out of Southern Miss. A lot of the Southern Miss players are, are kind of being slept on because of the competition, but they have a, they had a lot of talent last year. Um, and he's a, he's definitely a guy um, that uh, that could work on the NFL as well. Um, he's, a, he's a wide receiver. 
So, you know, sixth round, you're just hoping for the best at this point. Um, but those are my three guys. Yep. Jake, let's hear your list. So for the sixth round, I have uh, Marcel Frazier, Edge from Mizzou. Like Chris said, sixth round, you're just kind of looking for guys you can do something with. Uh, just He just has a pretty decent motor and just has some skills that I think Fangio likes. At least could be a support role, if nothing else. Uh, J.C. Jackson is a corner from Maryland. Um, being in the Big Ten myself, I kind of know a little bit more about him. Obviously, the Big Ten's not a big passing conference, but he did go up against guys like J.T. Barrett. So faced a high level of competition, uh, can play well in the run because the Big Ten is a big running conference. And then lastly, and the guy I want to highlight uh, from my list for round six is Contavious Street, a uh, defensive tackle from NC State. Uh, big dude, 6'2", 280, just takes up a lot of space. He's really good in the run game and just kind of eating up space, kind of uh, making more room for whoever's opposite of him. Uh, I mean, not opposite, other side of him who's trying to rush, in this case, to be Akeem Hicks, Leonard Floyd, uh, so on and so forth. But he was kind of the – and he played that support role for Bradley Chubb at NC State, uh, kind of eating up space, taking on guys at the point of attack so Chubb could do his thing in the backfield. Um, just a big dude. I think he's kind of uh, described as like one of those physical specimens, quote-unquote. So uh, we've seen the Bears take chances on big guys like that in the past, and – uh, if they can work with them, make some out of them, that'd be great. Two guys that I have in sixth round. Defensive tackle, Lowell Lotulele. Uh, he's 6'2", 327 pounds. He should not be 327 pounds. He's, a, he's overweight right now. Um, and that's been his big negative last year and then coming into the draft this year. It's just It just seems like he's been lazier, he, even questioning his love for football. What's What's cool about that is he's – projected to be drafted and so if he's drafted put it on put on an NFL team that could totally change a guy's life around his brothers in the in the NFL his name's uh, he's star Lotulele and he's uh, he was a first round draft pick by the Panthers so I mean he's got something to look up to coming into Utah he had an excellent season um, he was projected to be a, a higher draft pick, especially than what he is now. But last year, he only had 16 tackles, three and a half for loss. It was just a poor, a poor season. And this is more of just a let's take a flyer, you know? Like he's a big guy. His brother, <laughs> the Bears have taken chances on brothers before. I can't Malik Jackson's brother. I can't remember his name, but they 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 like they like to try to test the genetic pool a little bit. So uh, it might. It, it might work out if they did pick him up. It might not, but it's just one of those. Uh, maybe I mean he's got so much potential. Can we can we bring it out of him? And if anybody can, it would be Fangio. So that's that's one of my guys. And then also this guy, it's guard Cody O'Connell. I picked this guy solely because he is just a giant. He's six nine, three hundred sixty three pounds, uh, out of Washington State. He was underground until they finally put him. Uh, at a starting position in 2016, and he got a unanimous vote for All-American. Uh, he started at left guard in 2017. The problem with him is he is too big. He has a hard time with swing blocks. The size is awesome, but it kills him at the same time. So another one of those prospects, sixth, seventh-round guys that you're just, you're, oh, what do we do there? Um, and so offensive, uh, offensive line is definitely something we need to address, and... I think he could fill that part, at least something that we could work on. So seventh round, 
Uh, I, I have my guy, wide receiver, Marquez Valdez-Scantling. I'm hoping he's there at 7th. Um, I don't see why he wouldn't be. Not, many, not much chatter about him. He's 6'5", 205 pounds, and incredibly fast. Ran a 4'3", 40. I think it was 4'3", 4 to be exact. Um, just an insane 40. Uh, his numbers weren't that high. 879 yards, 53 receptions, 6 touchdowns. But like I said, he's just a giant guy who can go up and, and catch it. And one of his knocks is he's raw, uh, but he's not as raw as he, as it says he is. He's just from a, a smaller school, smaller conference, so he's underrated. That's basically what it is. Um, so we'll see how that works out. And then I also have uh, guard or offensive tackle uh, Tim, Tim in Paris from Stony Brook. He's 6'5", 312 pounds. He's just a, it's just a cool story. He's just a cool story because he's a walk-on at Stony Brook and he, he earned his, his role and he was a four-year starter at left tackle and left tackle is not a need just because we just signed Charles, I mean, uh, extended Charles Leonard Jr. Um, but he's just a physical specimen at 6'5", 312 pounds, just a big guy. Uh, he needs quicker hands, but other than that, he's, he's, he's fulfilled his role. Um, but let's, let's hear some of y'all's prospects at seventh and the seventh round. Yeah, so uh, I have Brandon Mann, guard from Penn State. Again, just kind of – he's not the biggest dude, but, I mean, I think you could take a flyer on a guy who helped Saquon Barkley get to the levels that he's at. I also have Jester Way from Pitt, a wide receiver. You know, nothing really special about him. Just he does have some traits, as you like, some speed, uh, some shiftiness, kind of a slot guy. And then also – then this is the guy I want to highlight, Taylor Hearn, uh, guard from Clemson. He was a part of the championship team uh, when Clemson won it all. He's 6'5", 330, real power blocker, could really do well in the run game. But also the reason I want to highlight him for this pick is his leadership role because, again, he wasn't part of that uh, Clemson team that won the championship and then was in the Sugar Bowl this year. Uh, he was named the offensive player of the Sugar Bowl even though they ended up losing to Alabama. Um, if nothing else, he can help some of the other draft picks maybe get acclimated, help take somewhat of a leadership role. And then, I mean, at the best, maybe he becomes some, maybe becomes a starter because he did play well and maybe he doesn't even fall all the way to seven. But in the event that he does, I think that'd be a really great value pick. All right, so I had two guys um, in the seventh round. One of the guys is linebacker Christian Sam out of Arizona State. Um this dude tackles you like he hates the living crap out of you. Like, he just goes for blood. He is phenomenal. Played in the Pac-12, obviously, at Arizona State. At Arizona State, uh, Just a hard hitter. Um, you know, he'll make his presence felt. He, he's, he's really undersized, so that's the biggest knock on him. So he'll, he'll definitely be here the sixth or seventh round. You know, like I, like I was talking about earlier, the Bears do need, like, an alpha type of guy, a guy who's going to, you know, put some fear into offenses. So that's that's the first guy. The second guy I have is Ido Smith, um, running back out of Southern Miss. Like Corey Robertson, uh, who I highlighted in the sixth round, they both went to Southern Miss. Both have shown that they're extremely talented. But, again, you know, when, you, when you're at a smaller school, uh, like Josh was saying, you get underrated. Uh, teams aren't really taking notice. So um, Ido Smith is extremely talented. Uh, kind of reminds me of uh, Tariq Cohen in a way. Uh, he's shifty, he's fast, uh, and he can just make plays. So those are my two guys in the seventh round. 
All right, guys, before we close out, I just want to talk about something that we, we plan on doing as a podcast. Chris Nano is going to be going live on draft day. What's the point? Like, what are you trying to accomplish by doing that? Just kind of talking about the pick. So I'll go live with the Buccaneers pick and then kind of just talk about who everyone would like, kind of get the fans involved, and then talk about the pick after and how he fits or how we like it and don't like it, kind of. So... Just kind of like an overview of the of the actual pick. So he'll be going live at the Buccaneers draft pick at 7 to kind of be ready for when the 8 comes along. And if it's a trade down, he'll talk about that and talk about the potential people that we could pick up at that point. And, uh, yeah, he's going to be there for you guys emotionally. You can see his reaction. You can make fun of him, do whatever you want. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then also I, I wanted to do a little podcast promotion and then an, an opportunity for you guys to, I don't know if you saw the giveaway on our Twitter, on at Bears Nation Chai, there's a, a tweet giveaway, and we're giving away a three-piece grill set, and it's Bears-themed, and if you retweet it and follow us, you, you're, you're given an opportunity to win. And then also, if you use hashtag Bears Nation Pod and tell us your favorite first-round draft pick, that'll put in a second ballot to potentially win. And uh, so we'll be keeping an eye on that hashtag and um, just kind of lets us know that you're listening and kind of <laughs> and then also gives you another opp- opportunity to win. So, yeah, there we go. I think that's the end of our podcast here and uh, we're going to close it out. Go Bears, bear down and happy draft day. Chicago. Chicago.